Well, howdy! This podcast is a proud member of the PodCon Go Network. PodCon Go, family-friendly shows that are fun for everyone. Welcome to Alderbury Tales. Curl up on your comfiest cushion. It's time for a story. Today's story is part four of My Dog's Three Detectives. Make that four by William Stair. This is part four of an ongoing series, so you're going to want to make sure that you've listened to parts one through three first. Last week's story concluded with our heroes nearly getting trapped in a burning building, but thanks to Overton, they escaped, and were headed into town for some food. When they got back to town, paws sore from their long walk and stomachs rumbling, Overton asked Lestray, What's a good place to eat and bed down, old friend? Let me see. There's a pretty good buffet place over on the east side, and not far from there is the empty house. No one has lived there for years, and I know a way in. That sounds suspiciously like the place we almost got roasted in, said Trooper. Aye, lad, but I can vouch for this place. I've stayed there myself on a cold night. Now, I've got my duties at the lion's mane tonight, but I'll show you where things are and meet up again later. Having little choice, the pack followed Lestray. Before long, they came up behind the buffet restaurant. Judging from the sounds coming from inside, there were plenty of customers, and plenty of scrapings from plates filled beyond the capacity of bulging human bellies. Here you are. Bon appetit, as you would say, hey, Frenchie? Max grimaced but the smell of pork chops, roast beef, and fried fish drew his attention. The empty house I mentioned is just down the street, continued Lestray. You can't miss it, the place with the three gables. I'll catch up later after the lion's mane closes for the night. The old dog sauntered down the street, faithful to his new employer. Before he was out of sight, the four friends had gobbled down a feast of amazing variety. Some items were spicy. Trooper and Theo avoided them. But they were favorites for Max. As for Overton, he ate everything. Hunger quelled and thirst quenched at the puddle under a nearby trickling faucet. The four headed out onto the main road in search of the empty house. Even though it was dusk and the streetlights were just coming on, the house with the three gables stood out. All four dogs stopped and stared at it from across the street. Looks haunted, was Theo's comment. By the ghost of Rin Tin Tin, added Trooper. The place did look scary. As dumpy as Baskerville Hall had looked in the sunlight, This place looked like it held some terrible secret in the feeble light from the street lamps. Many of the windows were broken. There was graffiti on the walls behind the overgrown yard, 
and the three gables hung ominously over it all. A low picket fence, long ago having lost its white paint, separated the yard from the sidewalk. Well, here we go, said Overton, as he headed across the street to the broken gate in the ancient fence. He pushed his way through and walked carefully up the broken concrete of the walk. His 250 pounds made the boards of the low porch creak as he stepped toward the front door. The door itself had been spray-painted with the outline of a devil, or was it a cat? And only took a little nudge to swing open. The four stepped carefully inside. If the outside looked bad, the inside was a disaster, masked in shadow and cobwebs. Theo sniffed the moldy air. I smell rats! His hackles rose in excitement. Being a rat terrier, this was what he was born for. Mon dieu, how I detest the rodents, cried Max in response. Trooper cocked an ear. I hear something, a crackling, and I smell smoke. This isn't the Baskerville Hall Inferno all over again, is it? Overton shushed the others and silently padded through the entry and down a hall toward the back of the house. A flickering light was visible, coming from behind a partly open door. Crumbling plaster and torn wallpaper littered the floor. The others tiptoed after him. When he got to the door, he nudged it open silently and peered inside. The room beyond was totally different from the rest of the house. It was clean and orderly. A red Persian carpet covered the shiny floorboard. Crimson wallpaper, adorned here and there with beautiful paintings in gilt frames, decorated the walls. Everywhere were comfortable chairs upholstered in red leather. To one side of the room was a large desk, covered with papers. Behind the desk rose shelves filled with books. To one side was a blackboard upon which someone had been making designs. Finally, opposite where Overton stood, a cozy fire flanked by red armchairs burned cheerily. The other three had stuck their heads in above and below his and stared into the room in wonder. It is a room all decorated in rouge, whispered Max. Yes, a study in scarlet, replied Overton. Just then, a voice from one of the chairs by the fireplace called out. Ah, here at last. Welcome, friends. Come in, come in. A figure rose, silhouetted by the flames, but as it stepped toward them, Trooper recognized it at once. Meow Yarty, he exclaimed. In the fur, came the chuckled response. They could all see now that a huge cameo Persian cat was approaching across the carpet. But come in, don't be bashful. How do you like my little hideaway away from the big city? Who is that? trembled Theo. Only the cleverest criminal mind in all the land, responded Overton. A veritable Einstein of crime. Einstein? 
Like the bagel makers? Asked Theo. Speaking of bagels, purred the cat as it silently padded toward them. I'd offer you some refreshments, but you won't be staying long. Sacre bleu, we walked right into a trap, moaned Max. Yes, as I knew you must. It was elementary. When I discovered you'd not died in the fire that destroyed Baskerville Hall, I knew that imbecile Lestray would suggest you hide out in the one shunned building in downtown Baskerville, my lair. Meowyarty's blue eyes narrowed. But now it's time for you to meet the real hound of the Baskerville. With that, our four friends heard a low growl behind them. Turning, they saw the rider of the solitary bicycle, still wearing a helmet and a long coat. Let me introduce my assistant, Major Mandrill. The figure removed its helmet and coat, revealing an enormous monkey with a red and white face, a beard, and a bright blue rump. Oh, and enormous, vicious teeth. The Major has worked many assignments for me, and those huge teeth make a perfect imitation of a monstrous dog bite. He's also good with starting fires, as you so recently experienced. Four more victims for the Baskerville Hound, I'm afraid. You'll never get away with this, Meow Yarty growled Overton, preparing for a battle to the death. The police will figure all this out. Oh, you mean the sheriff? I think not, laughed the evil cat. He walked over to a coat rack and lifted a coat and hat, including a clever mask and wig. You see, I'm the sheriff. <laughs> now... Major Mandrill, time to end this. The monstrous monkey seemed to swell to fill the doorway. His lips pulled back from those terrible teeth. He let out a hoot and a growl and disappeared. Run for your lives, yelped a familiar voice. It was Lestray. He'd somehow found out the four were in trouble and had snuck up on Major Mandrill lunging at him and knocking him further down the hall. They'd crashed into the wall, bringing down lots of plaster and a rotting beam right on top of Major Mandrill. He'd be doing no more bicycle riding or biting or fire starting ever. Curses, hissed Meow Yarty. He dashed across the scarlet study and pulled aside one of the bookcases. There was a secret passage behind it. He darted in and pulled the case back, locking it before the others could reach him. Theo ran outside to search for the escaping master criminal, but found nothing, not even a scent. Wow, that was a near miss, said Overton to the other three, plus a very dusty lestray as they gathered before the fireplace. We've solved the mystery of the who and the how, 
but we don't have a motive. The why, said Trooper. Whatever it is, it must be big for Miao Yarti to be involved. There is another question to be answered, Ms. Ami, said Max. How did Lestray know we were in trouble? That's simple, said the old dog. I saw that solitary cyclist making his way toward the three gables as I was on my way to work, and thought seeing him was just too often for coincidence. It's a good thing I arrived before he got those choppers going. Hey guys, look what I found. It was Theo, standing by an open panel in the wall near the door. We may not be able to follow Meowyarty, but I found his secret stash. Could this be the solution to the mystery? The others rushed over by Theo. What he'd found was a cupboard full of cans of fancy feast cat food. The sound of rumbling filled the room. Is the place about to collapse? Asked a worried trooper, thinking of the crushed major mandrel in the hall. No, just my stomach, muttered Overton. But we ate just before coming here, exclaimed Max. It's always time to eat, replied Overton, reaching for a can of mercury-laden salmon. Mmm, pate, smiled Max. The next morning found the five dogs sprawled about the scarlet study, the floor littered with empty fancy feast cans. Ugh. I feel terrible, muttered Overton. That's what you get for eating all that cat food last night, replied Lestray, who'd had none of it. My mouth tastes like I've eaten the giant rat of Sumatra, added Theo, who tried to wipe off his tongue on the carpet. Well, the game is still afoot, and we've got a mystery to finish, said Trooper. Any more pate left? asked a wobbly Max. Up and at him, replied Trooper. The five searched as much of the old house as they could, while still not able to open the secret passage Miawiarti had used to escape. The only other place they could think to look was back at Baskerville Hall, or what was left of it. When they got outside, the sun was shining brightly, and it promised to be a very nice day for a walk. Before long, they were chattering away to each other, and the long trek to the burned-out hall seemed to pass in moments. Meanwhile, back at the house with the three gables, the bookcase slid open, and the Einstein of crime emerged. He saw the empty cans scattered about and hissed in fury. It was even worse when he found the crushed body of his henchman, Major Mandrel, in the hall. Vowing revenge, he grabbed his sheriff costume from the coat rack and returned to the secret passage, pulling the bookcase back into place. The passage led down into the basement, where he emerged from behind a huge furnace. It was within this ancient furnace that the body of the real sheriff, killed long ago by Major Mandrill, was hidden. Putting on his disguise, Miawiarty emerged into the daylight and headed straight for the sheriff's office. He knew exactly where those miserable and probably mangy curs were headed. 
it was elementary. When our five friends arrived at the burned-out remains of Baskerville Hall, they found that the ruins had cooled overnight and that no one was around. I guess they thought it was just an accidental fire and not worth investigating, said Lestray. All the better for us, replied Overton. They climbed the singed steps to where the door had been and walked in among the collapsed charred beams and ashy debris. Wherever Overton walked, the floor creaked. Ponte divine, said Max. This place is not safe. I think you're... Just as Theo was agreeing, the floor collapsed under Overton, sending not only him, but Max and Trooper down in a cloud of ash. They had fallen into a space beneath the floor. Fortunately, it was only about one story down, a basement, and they were not hurt. Je suis trop Marie, cried Max from below. I'm too young to die. Theo and Lestray inched over to the hole, fearing they would also fall to the floor below. Are you all right down there? Called Lestray. Yes, and do you smell rats? Added Theo. We're fine, called up Trooper. But the air is so full of ash we cannot see. Stay back so you don't fall in too. The three dogs below peered into the gloom of the basement. It was easier to see when they moved away from the bright light coming from the hole above. There are steps here that lead to the floor above. There must be a trap door in the far corner, called Overton. The two dogs above made their way through the wreckage to the corner. They removed as much debris as they could, finding the trap door. But a large beam could not be moved. Theo went back to the hole. We found the trap door, but it's blocked. Maybe you can push from below? What is that stench? Is it the giant rat of Sumatra? There's an old well down here. The stink is coming from that. If you think it smells bad up there, you can be thankful you're not down here. Max is almost overcome, replied Trooper. Lestray came over. I hear a siren coming. You three be quiet down there. Theo and Lestray slipped away into the brush behind the burned-out hall. A couple minutes later, a police car pulled up and outstepped two officers. When he saw them, Lestray gulped and whispered, That's the sheriff. You mean Meow Yarty in disguise? replied Theo. We're gonna get that rat. I mean, cat. Meow Yarty walked toward the remains of the hall, he immediately saw the gaping hole and deduced what must have happened. Drawing a gun, he moved across the floor and peered into the gloom below. I know you're down there. You might as well give up. You are under arrest for the murder of the owner of Baskerville Hall, and probably arson as well. He slowly moved around the hole, trying to see the dogs trapped below. Theo took that moment to slip up behind the fake sheriff and bit him on the leg. Meowyarty let out a wild shriek and flailed his arms, losing his balance. In doing so, his hat and mask flew off, exposing the real villain to the deputy who stood back by the car. 
Finally, Meowie Archie fell backwards onto the debris, crashing through. He caught himself on the edge of the hole, but then, letting out one final, meow, he fell through and down into the well below. He hit the dry bottom with a terrible thud and a jingle. Then all was silent. Theo, Lestray, and the deputy inched over to this new hole. Beside it lay the hat and mask of the Einstein of crime. Looking down, they could see the well, and much farther down, the crumpled body of Meowiarty atop a mound of gold coins. Three months later. The three friends were gathered in the backyard at Overton's place, back in the city. Max had a date with an Afghan Labrador mix named Irene Afador. Nothing will come of it. They're totally incompatible. He's a purebred and she's a mix, said Overton. You are such a racist, cried Trooper. No, I'm a purist, Overton countered, gently shaking a slimesicle from slide to side. Besides, what does he really know about her? I understand she was involved in some sort of scandal in Bohemia. Can we get to the point? Why did you ask us over here when we could be chasing balls or sticks or squirrels? It's a beautiful day, said Theo, keeping an eye on the swinging thread of saliva. Right. I thought we should compare notes and make sure we're clear on the facts about the Baskerville affair. Okay, began Trooper. When we went back to that three gable place, we found Miauiarty's papers. They described how he found out about a shipment of gold coins that had been stolen from a bank truck over a century before. They'd evidently been stolen by an ancestor of the current owner of the Baskerville property. The thief had bought the property when it was the Abbey Grange and hidden the gold in the basement well, which had plenty of water in it then. He died and the property passed on to his descendants, right up to the last owner. Meowiarty discovered some old records, and using his incredible deductive skills, figured out the gold was hidden on the property, but never found out where. When he learned the property was to be sold, he had Major Mandrill kill the sheriff and the Baskerville owner. Then he cleverly took the sheriff's place. What I thought was the smell of rats in the old place was the sheriff's body, added Theo with a shudder. The ferocious teeth of Major Mandrill and the interference of Sheriff Miauiarty led people to believe a monstrous hound was responsible, concluded Trooper. Excellent, continued Overton. Also among these papers was information revealing there was an unknown relative. People assumed the murdered owner was the last of his line, but he had a sister who had married a Greek and lived in Athens. He wanted the whole property for himself and never let on about her. If he had, he might still be alive. We got in touch with her and, through a Greek interpreter, informed her of the property and the gold. Since the bank was long gone, she inherited the lot. She and her whole family have moved to Baskerville, and she is already rebuilding the hall better than ever. 
It will still be a community meeting place, but also a Greek restaurant. Mmm, Saganaki. Theo picked up the story. When the deputy drove off to get help, you were able to push the trap door open from below, and we were able to slip back into town. However, there is the final problem. I understand Meowyarty's body was never found. What do you suppose happened to it, Overton? Overton looked at his friends, and then, in a ponderous voice, said, Nine lives, boys. Nine lives. And that concludes the story of My Dog's Three Detectives. Make that four. Or does it? If you enjoyed this story, it might interest you to learn that the author, William Stair, my father, based this story on a series of stories written well over a hundred years ago, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. These stories are about the detective Sherlock Holmes, his friend and sometimes assistant, John Watson, his older brother, Mycroft, a police officer, Inspector Lestrade, and in some of the stories, there is also a villain named Moriarty. Some of those names might sound a little bit familiar. So, if detective stories interest you, I encourage you to check out these old, fabulous stories. They're still exciting to read, even a hundred years later. And there have been quite a few other kids' stories written based on the Sherlock Holmes stories as well. Thanks again to my father, William Stair, for writing this series of stories for us. And thanks to you for listening to Elderberry Tales. We'll be back at some point in the future with more stories to share with you.